You're listening to AIB Market Talk, bringing you financial market insights from AIB's experts. Hello and welcome to our AIB Market Update on Thursday the 20th of July. I'm Paul Ward from our customer treasury business and I'm joined today by AIB Senior Economist John Faddy to discuss the recent performance of the financial markets. Good morning, John. Morning, Paul. John, there's, there's two things I want to discuss with you this morning, um, mainly sterling and, and dollar, but we might start with sterling if that's okay. Um, it's probably fair to say that it's been quite surprising, the performance of um, the sterling in the last six months or so. Um, will you just give us a bit of sense of, uh, I suppose, the backdrop to its performance and maybe what the outlook for sterling is? Yeah, so as you say, the performance year to date has 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 been much stronger than we would have envisaged. And, and a lot of that is the fact uh, because the UK economy has proved much more uh, resilient uh, than had been expected. If you think, Paul, back to the start of this year, uh, as we looked ahead for the UK economy for 2023, uh, we just uh, had the latest uh, in early November, we got the BOE uh, expectations for GDP growth in their monetary policy report for November. You know, they were expecting... Uh, contraction some in the region of one to one and a half percent and the general consensus out there would be that the UK economy would contract by somewhere around one percent this year so what's happened is is that uh, the economy has performed much better than expected now it's all relative uh, in, in effect what the economy has done it's it's stagnated rather yeah. than contracted so it's still now not a uh, outstanding performance or anything like that but nonetheless relative to expectations uh, the economy has performed uh, much better. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, we've had a widening in interest rate differentials. Uh, you know, the UK Bank of England, uh, against the backdrop, the fact that uh, inflation ha- has remained elevated uh, compared to elsewhere, yeah. especially headline and core, even though uh, just this week we got some fallback in headline inflation. Nonetheless, if you look at in absolute and relative terms, UK inflation outlook is still uh, or the UK inflation backdrop is still very high inflation. So uh, those three things combined, the macro backdrop being uh, more resilient than expected or, or less negative versus expectations, widening interest rate differentials. Uh, if you look where the market thinks uh, BOE rates are going to peak uh, well above uh, where they are in the Eurozone and also above in the US. Uh, and then the third aspect uh, is just that inflation is remaining elevated, means uh, more interest rate increases have all combined. So in, in the first half of the year, you know, you saw gains of four to five percent in sterling against a raft of other currencies. Like just for example, in level terms, uh, euro sterling uh, went uh, from uh, above 88p down closer to uh, 85p. Yeah. Uh, cable in terms of sterling against the dollar went from 118 to above uh, 128. And more recently, just in the last couple of days, uh, we traded up to a high of of 131. So it's been very much, when we look at uh, those three currencies in terms of euro, sterling and the dollar uh, over the first half of this year, it's it's been very much characterized uh, by a strong performance uh, by sterling. And and John, can I ask you there, just in terms of Bank of England, um, because my sense is that they're, they're probably the one central bank that may go higher than, than some of the other of the advanced economies. I assume that that will bring its own risks as well to the UK economy. So what are they likely to be? Yeah, well, as you say there now, th- th- we're in a situation where interest rate futures are, are, are moving, are fairly volatile. So just in the last 48 hours after that UK inflation data for June, uh, we've seen the market uh, which came in, uh, you know, which showed fall in inflation. But again, it's a fall but it's still very high inflation in the UK. Yeah. But we've seen the market now no longer price uh, the bank rate above 
uh, 6% at one stage in the last couple of weeks. The market had the rate peaking at close to 6.5%. Given that softer inflation data, uh, the market's expecting UK rates to peak closer to 5.9%. Okay. Just for comparison purposes in the US, the market's expecting the peak there might be 5.375. And in the Eurozone, market's expecting the peak just below 4%. So the market has softened right across the board in terms of rate expectations, but it still expects uh, UK rates to peak higher. So you asked the question there, what challenges? Well, obviously, if the economy is stagnant and you continue to increase interest rates aggressively, uh, then you run the risk uh, of you know causing a further downturn. And I think that actually is an important point uh, and it's a useful question because when you look at the outlook for sterling one thing that was very interesting uh, at the last bank of england meeting in june uh, when the bank of england surprised markets with a 50 rather than a 25 basis points rate hike which brought the bank rate up to five percent it was very noticeable uh, that sterling didn't uh, gain on the back of that uh, and the reason for that likely is is that uh, you know in a situation uh, where you're hiking interest rates, but the economy is, is stagnant or contracting, those stagflation risks tend to be a negative for the currency. So that's why when we look at the outlook, yeah, uh, we don't think that sterling will be able to maintain that upward momentum uh, that it's got at the moment. Now, it's not to say that it can't try and, and, and make some further modest gains from here, but we think that in from that perspective, especially against the euro, any gains are likely to be uh, more modest. You know, if you look at the year-to-date low for sterling, it's bang on 85p at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and if you look since the Brexit referendum back in 2016, you know, the floor for euro sterling has been that 83 to 84p band. So that would be a significant resistance uh, for it to have to break through. So we're, that's not to say that it can't test below 85, get down towards 84p. But we think that, Against an outlook where you have a potential stagflation backdrop, also positioning data for for sterling has been fairly stretched on the long side, okay. which is makes it harder and more challenging for it to continue to make gains. And that technical level, the technical support there. So three things in terms of the macro backdrop and the macro outlook around stagflation, sterling positioning in the market at the yeah. moment is a factor in the near term uh, and from a technical level perspective that 83 to 83 to 84p band uh would 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 lend us to the view that you know any further for upside for sterling uh from here on out uh maybe much more muted and if you look at our fx forecast we yeah. consistently had a bias for euro sterling to move higher uh, over the course of the year but, but not to any great extent so what do we mean by that well getting back up towards true 86p into 87p territory uh, against that backdrop it's 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 an incredible narrow range for euro sterling really since since brexit john over the last whatever four or five years at this stage that it, it kind of it doesn't really move much below 85 and not much probably above 90p yeah it's just on the rare occasions where we've got above 90p yeah. but you know predominantly if you look at it we've probably been in a 85 to 90p trading range or probably even narrower 85 yeah. to 80 89p really uh, for much of, of, of this year, at least, because we started the year, the low point for this year, or the high point for Euro Sterling this year uh, was just below 90p at 89.79 and the Grand. low 5p. So it's, we've been in it basically an 85 to 90p trading range. And our view would be that we think that the risks are probably to the move higher within that trading band rather than, yeah. um, than um, break a, a, a sustainable fall below that, you know?
Very good, John. I might just flip across the um, the the Atlantic and over to the US. And I know on Tuesday, uh, just gone, we would have done an article in relation to the Fed. John, you might just brief our listeners just in terms of where we are with the Fed in terms of interest rates and, and the impact it had on the dollar recently. Yeah, so uh, I think just the market backdrop at the moment uh, from a risk appetite perspective, which, which helps kind of set the scene for this, uh, has been one where uh, it's been a positive market backdrop. In other words, it's been a positive tone to, to risk sentiment or risk appetite. Uh, you know, equity markets have performed well in, in July so far. Uh, and the backdrop for that has been that the market seems to be coming around to the view that you could have a soft landing uh, in the U.S. economy. Uh, yeah. So what do I mean by that? Well, a soft landing is basically where uh, the Fed manages uh, to reduce uh, inflation through rate hikes without pushing the economy into recession. Uh, so that's based on the back of the fact that, you know, payroll data, even though the June payroll data was was weaker compared to the previous month, it's still, uh, you know, in terms of averaging around 250,000 jobs in the past three months. So still relatively solid jobs growth in the US. CPI consumer inflation data has continued to fall and producer price inflation data has continued to fall. So all those things combined uh, have you know played into this view that you could achieve a soft landing uh, in the US economy. So on the back of that then, uh, yeah. the market doesn't think that the Fed, uh, it, the market doesn't think the Fed will hike much more from where it is at its current levels. Uh, so what do, so that means that what's priced into the market at the moment is one more rate hike from the Fed. So the Fed funds rates at 5.125% at the moment. Yeah. It's in a, the way the Fed does it, it keeps it in a range of 5 to 5.25. Exactly. So the market's pricing one more rate hike, so it gets it into a range of 5.25 to 5.5. And the market thinks that the Fed is done from there. So that has been a, a, a represented a softening in rate expectations compared to where we were. So all those things combined around that soft landing has coincided uh, with some weakness for the dollar. So, you know, euro dollar went from above 109 at the start of the month to trade above 112 you know we hit a high in the last couple of days of 112.7 uh, and sterling against the dollar uh, and this is more in the back of dollar weakness rather than in the first half of the year which was dollar strength but in the last couple of weeks it's, it's been the softer tone to the dollar has helped cable move above that that 131 uh, level at different stages and we're you know to, as we speak now we're uh, in or around the 129 to 130 mark so you know the dollars lost around two percent uh, so far uh, in 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 the month against a raft of currencies, are you so, surprised how quickly it's moved, John? Well, uh, I suppose we've we've always held the view this year, and we've been consistent in our view that we've had a, an upward bias to our euro dollar uh, outlook. In other words, we always felt that euro dollar would start to move higher. Uh, so where it is at the moment is broadly in line with the with, with the midpoint of the trading range of around one twelve, where we thought it would be as we move into to Q3. So we do think that as we move towards the end of the year, we could get up towards that 113 and into 2024, the first part, that 114 level. So we do think uh, there is still some further upside for euro uh, against the dollar because we think the ECB uh, will continue to hike rates, uh, you know, rates in the eurozone we see getting up to 4%. So potentially you're looking at two more rate hikes from the ECB yeah. versus one from the Fed. But the other aspect, too, is that, you know, the U.S. economy was there is signs of a soft landing. Uh, the credit crunch risk in the U.S. and tighter credit conditions uh, still pose a challenging outlook for the U.S. economy 
as we move through this year into next year, and that could weigh on growth. Uh, so against that backdrop, that's why we have a bias of euro dollar uh, to continue to trade higher as we move through this year into next year. And, and John, just on the, the 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 kind of indication that the Fed may raise one more time, is that likely to happen this year? Is it in the next couple of months? What's the timing on that? Yeah, so the market's priced in. So in terms of the next set of meetings over the summer, you've got uh, the Fed uh, make their policy decision on July 26th. Uh, and the day after is the ECB on July 27th. Okay. Uh, and then the following week on the 3rd of August, the BOE make their rate decision. So in the space of you know seven days, we've got the three main central banks that we pay closest attention to here uh, making their policy announcements. So in terms of the timing, the market is expecting a 25 basis points rate hike from the Fed at that meeting on July 26th. So that would move the range for your Fed funds rate uh, up to a 5.25 to 5.5 range. Uh, and at that point, then the market doesn't think we get any more rate hikes from the Fed. Now, the Fed's own dot plots, which is their interest rate projections, which they released at their June meeting, was for two more rate hikes this year. Uh, but the market doesn't think the Fed uh, will will go uh, will, will do 50 overall. It thinks it's just another 25 and that's what's priced in at the moment. Uh, and basically, the market has rates uh, remaining at that level uh, into the end of the year. Uh, and by the end of next year, the market thinks that there could be, in the US, about 50 basis points of rate cuts uh, from the US Federal Reserve uh, over the course of 2024. Okay, so all attention, John, the next week will be on the interest rate decisions of the three central banks. Uh, over the next fortnight, as we move into next week, uh, yeah. 27th and the following week, uh, and really that sets the scene then as you move into September, as to what happens then from there on out. But at the moment, the market's expecting 25 from the Fed in July, uh, 25 from the ECB. And uh, market, as on the back of the latest inflation data, it's, 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 not, it's undecided between whether the Bank of England do 50 or 25 basis points on the 3rd of August. But there's at Very least good. 25 priced in there. Uh, and it had been much more firm on 50 basis points. But in the last couple of days, that uh, inflation data has seen the market rate expectations soften. But in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that right across the board. You know, markets now have brought in, uh, you know, where they thought rates would peak at. Uh, and the view that inflation is starting to fall, that central banks may not have to hike as much as previously expected. But we've seen before that can flip around very quickly. Yeah. Especially, you know, this is the key thing we've talked about many podcasts on a year-to-date basis, and we haven't mentioned yet, but sticky inflation, uh, you know, that's the uncertainty. How quickly does core inflation come down on a sustained basis? And that will decide the extent of, of rate hikes. And, you know, markets, yeah. central banks are very much in data watching, data dependency mode. So because of that, you have more volatility in markets as they react to that data, because this is the data that will decide uh, what central banks do. Right, John. Um, many thanks for your time and the valuable insights this morning. And a big thanks indeed to our customers, colleagues, listeners for joining us on our podcast. As always, to stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AAB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcast. Many thanks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. AIB NI is a trademark used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. 
authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.